Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 131. We are your weekly dose of video game news, reviews, opinions, and discussions made for and by our listeners. My name is Brett Yanoski. I'm Austin Morales. I'm Devin Duree. And I'm Luis Gonzalez. Today on The Inner Gamer, it's all about a fun experience we had playing a game called Jackbox Party Pack 3, where we got to play video games with our phones. Austin also plays some Battlegrounds, which... Woo! A lot. Thoroughly enjoys. <laughs> Our upcoming video game releases, including Splatoon 2 and Pyre, and another one. Uh, with the gaming news, we have analysts predict the PS5 will be another half step. We'll tell you what that means later. Kingdom Hearts 3 coming in 2018, and the Oculus Rift drops in price. Then, for our discussion topic, we have another interview with some great guys over at Gus Department from a game called Aegis Defenders. Great stuff. Tune in. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Hit the stop, go. Hit the stop, go. Hit the stop, go. Hit it. Welcome to the everybody it is july 18th 2017 welcome to the inner gamer podcast if you guys like what you hear please help support the show on patreon head over to the innergamer.net and click the donate button to contribute and real quick we want to do a quick shout out to one of our awesome loyal fans mr scott craig scott. it was his birthday last week happy birthday my friend Happy birthday, Scott. Happy Craig. birthday to you. I'm not gonna I will it. say okay. Scott Craig sounds like a superhero name. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> like Scott Craig is Batman or something. Obviously, he's not Batman, but if he was, yeah. that would be amazing. Well, that's true because you, you have like Bruce Wayne and those are like both first names. And you have Scott Craig, which is also both first names. That's that's pretty legit. It's pretty legit. I could also see like executive producer Scott Craig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I dig it. I dig it. Scott, that's a title. Uh, so you yeah, won. so you hear this, Scott? <laughs> you hear this? You hear all these like titles you have to live up to? Yeah, it's awesome. You better get well, on it, man. I, I kind of hinted at the executive producer when I was in, hey, Scott, we love you, but you should uh <laughs> should donate to us on you, Patreon. You know, yeah. you, know, you know what I'm saying? Shameless plug. Being you, you know what I'm saying? Of the Intergame Podcast. Anyway. Um, awesome. Well, let's jump into video games, guys. Yeah. This is actually a game it. that was originally introduced to us by Scott, but uh, we just finally played it. Jackbox Party Pack. Three. Holy crap. Why did we not play this sooner? I, I don't know. We're it, terrible. It's gamers. not one of those games that just like pops out at you. It's like, play me, you know? It doesn't look I don't know. It just doesn't look to me. Appealing. It always well, it always sounded like just one of those stupid little gimmick gang like games. One, like one two switch. Kinda. <laughs> or just like bad, if but... someone's like, Hey, do you play Candy Crush? Oh yeah. Fuck off. No. <laughs> hey, that is a masterpiece, okay? Oh, my God. <laughs> you stop talking about them. I'm kidding. Aren't they making a Candy Crush movie now or but something? But on the top, like, oh, I never emoji. wanted to play it. I never wanted to play it because I thought it was Jack in the Box Party Pack. I'm oh. like, Jack in the Box Jack. isn't even that good. <laughs> like, it really isn't. I'm not going to support them by buying their shitty video game. By the but, Party uh, Pack. Tell me, guys, about your experience with Jackbox Party Pack, because I think it's free on PlayStation Plus this week, or this week, this month. No. Unfortunately not. I wish it was. I think Until Dawn and uh, Game of Thrones is, or was Game of Thrones on Xbox One? I, I don't know. know. I remember Jackbox being one of them. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It might be, but it, uh, we bought it on the Switch, so it was twenty four ninety nine on the Switch. Well, I have to say that we all got kind of drunk before we started playing this. So. Okay, so we all, disclaimer, we kind of got drunk before playing this. Well, I didn't. I was I was only had two beers, so I was good. <sighs> this guy over here. You guys were drunk, and it was hilarious. Dude, I may or may not have been. I can, can neither confirm nor deny. 
We're not playing Jackbox anymore, man. Oh, We're whatever. Not Jack- <laughs> <laughs> he, um, can't con- he can't confirm or deny because he was drunk and he can't remember. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> that's good. I like that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so Jackbox is like a very super accessible party game. I love how you basically start the game and then once you start, everybody logs in through their phone, Jackbox.tv. Yeah. They put in a code, they put in their name, and bam, that was the game. That to me was one of the best utilizations of as you've put it in your article about the two-party screen, that that's brilliant. Who doesn't have their cell phone on them? Yeah. Who's who's not ready to to have some fun by using their phone in a fun like party setting? That was a mind blowing moment. When Meg's like, "Oh yeah, everyone get out your phones." I was like, "My phones? I have a control? What? Yeah, what we have controllers. About? We've got four controllers. <laughs> We're we good. Don't use phones for video games." <laughs> and boom and it was right there it was easy you log in your little code to the little uh what is it the the room number yeah, yeah you got the, the room, room code and then anybody can join at any time which is cool so a lot of these games support up to uh eight players yeah and it is a um there's five games inside the party pack that you can play and each one is more or less a trivia style game but themed around something different so the one that we first played was called was a trivia murder some murder story? trivia murder party trivia murder party and um it's basically a quiz show where like to, if you get an answer wrong you die yeah and um uh, yeah it's a, it's a quiz show and i love the character that they have in it where he's he's you're so, like a voodoo doll yeah you're oh, like talking a about, voodoo oh, okay, doll yeah, but yeah the narrator the, yeah, yeah. is is so the funny murderer and, like creepy voice by Arnie Neekamp from uh hello hello from the magic tavern podcast oh really yeah that's awesome yeah look at that yeah it's it it was really good Arnie Neekamp you answer questions and if you get them wrong then you have to go and what was it like we had to basically fight it fight to the death in like some kind of death based game there was one where you spun a wheel that had like death and then death wedges and then a tiny little sliver for live yeah and one of the funnest ones I thought was the uh, uh, if it was it was two people left it was you and me and they were like draw Conan O'Brien yeah. and I was like all right well this is happening and you just have to quickly scribble on your phone you have like twenty seconds to draw Conan O'Brien mine was better I, li- I like it was actually better <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no artistic talent but somehow mine was better I, I like how you have to um, how we just watched Conan videos right before that and then here the trivia yeah. murder mystery it was like. It's Conan. It's Conan. Like, Draw oh, Conan. Shit. Yeah. That's creepy. But and then at the very end you have to do a um a death saving throw, I'd like to call it. Where <laughs> you uh have one person that's left and then everybody else is a ghost and they have to try and catch up with the dead guy and yeah. pass him by answering quick, fast action trivia questions. Yeah. Like and you choose you select multiples or oh, none that, or that's, however many you want to that's based rough. on that answer. So yeah. Like, what, how uh, many of these? What's the capital African of Singapore? Uh, uh, I don't know. Je, uh, France, Nepal. <laughs> and uh, man, it was it's so cool. And then we played uh, Quiplash, which that was that was interesting. Quiplash two, as they called it, but Quiplash was um, where you're given a question or a fill in the blank, and you had to respond with an answer. And there's no right or wrong answer, but everybody else had to choose their favorites based on the answers that were submitted. And yeah. it was it was literally based on the party. So, like, if you knew the party's sense of humor, like, Devin and Meg knew each other's weird inside jokes that I didn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would, it's because we're hilarious. Apparently. Apparently. And then... It, <laughs> 
it was it was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was so good. Yeah, the other ones were okay. Um, Gaspionage, TKO, and faking it. TKO was interesting because you get to draw and then like say a phrase to a question that they answer, and then someone gets to put the put a picture and a phrase together. And everyone votes on it. It was like quick. T-shirt. It was like quick action Ed Hardy T-shirt challenge. Yeah, yeah. it was really weird, <laughs> but cool. It was still. It was cool. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. interesting. I mean, all of them were fun. None of them were like, I don't like this game. They were just varying levels of fun. Right. I liked the faking it one because it was everybody had questions that they had to answer, yeah. and they had to essentially do that action, like either point at somebody or raise yeah. their hand. Or whatever, and then one person was literally faking it. Yeah. So like <laughs> everybody, it, everybody on their phone would get a a question or or a, an action that would be like point to someone who always has a messy car, and everyone just kind of looks at each other and points. Well, there's one person who doesn't get that question, and they just have to like guess. Oh God, what are we pointing at? Uh, okay, I'll point at Brett. Yeah, I'd always point at Brett too. No, that's what happened. <laughs> every time, yeah. Every uh, yeah. Every time I thought I was the faker. The round I always yeah. wrong. The round was I so was funny. the round that I was the faker. Poor Brett just got singled out so hard. It was so funny. Like well, you I, did I was, you did good. Dude, I, yeah, like, it, was, it was good. Oh yeah, Brett, fuck him. He's totally <laughs> that guy. But it was great because of that, I was the best faker because I was truthful the entire time and at the end I won. So I was like, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Was, <laughs> Whatever. That was the only one I won. But I don't know. It's it's a really cool, easygoing game that you just jump into and just play with your friends. Like, my parents are going to come over today, and I'm going to have them try it out. Because nice. they would actually enjoy this game. And, you know, you can I have I can't think of anybody anywhere. who wouldn't enjoy this yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's so simple. You have the game oh, on, the, on the TV, but everyone has their phone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is accessible to literally everyone. I need to get this now. I just realized. I'm going to Austin. I'm going to have my girlfriend. We can get friends together. We can play yeah. this yeah, easily. Yeah. Good. Like, and, uh, um, I just read are, that. Are, are, you, oh. are you really coming to Austin? Yeah, I'm coming to Austin to, today. Oh, yeah. Hit up. Hit up. You guys? Yeah. Hit up. Go be friends. <laughs> Hang out. <laughs> hit up. Well, hit, hit you up in your butt. Damn. Okay. We'll do that. No, well, I, mean, I'm I have here. to wake up early. It sucks. Oh, come on. I'm here and, all week. Bring Jackbox. I'll play. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll hit you up and we'll go to like a bar or something. Play some Jackbox. This has now become a podcast about making plans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. But so we'll figure that out later. In other news, also, I, I read because I was really curious about the first and second Jackboxes. Jackbox Games just recently announced that they are bringing one and two to the Switch. Nice. So that will be coming at some point. So if you have a Switch and want to buy one and two, and granted, it's not just on the Switch; it's also available on PC and I think all the consoles and stuff like that. I think they're so pretty much accessible everywhere. It's everywhere. But we bought on the Switch just because. I mean, you can take the Switch anywhere you, you want. Take the Switch anywhere. Throw it in your pocket. So it's what awesome. makes this game so great, guys? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I would say like the biggest draw to this is is, is the access is the level of fun slash accessibility for everybody in a party setting. Like that is that is going to be the biggest appeal for anybody because uh, there's plenty of times when, especially if you're gamers, like, uh, do we want to play something or you got a group of people like, man, do we want to do something? Do we? Yeah. Nobody wants to watch a movie because you, everybody has to be quiet and some people want to watch the movie and whatever. Not everybody wants to watch TV, but you want something fun to do. Not everybody likes board games. Not everybody likes video games. So play Jackbox Party Pack. It's like, a freaking because you, know, you only have like uh, you know co-op or uh, four player. But this is like, hey, who wants to play? You know, just get out your phone and boop. Yep, and you're in. 
What have I done? But it also helps with the fact that the games are stupid, fun, competitive, and you're yes. also it's they're they're worth a ton of laughs. Yes. Yeah, the only thing is is that you need a phone and an internet connection. And if yeah. your switch doesn't have that, if you don't have internet connection anywhere, we kind of you can't play. <laughs> so. Yeah, there, there, we had some connectivity issues while we were playing because of my wireless. Only, uh, only on one up. game, though. But on one game. It was yeah. only on one game. Yeah. But other than that, it's fine. Like, I was thinking about what do you do if they don't have a phone? Because, like, my dad's coming over. He doesn't have a fancy phone, Uh-oh. but it's an internet connection. <laughs> like, so. Who doesn't have a phone? Yeah, right. like, okay, yeah. never mind. So I was like, well, I have an iPad. So you just need something that's internet connected. So you can uh, use your laptop, you can use your iPad, you can use whatever you have that can connect to a website. So that's kind of nice. Can you imagine, like, you could. This could be a controller, technically. Well, that's connected to the so thing, and that, then that game I was telling you guys about, Eon Alter, that we reviewed on the oh, podcast a while okay, back. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what you do with it. So that's you connect crazy. into a world, and on the screen you have your isometric top down. It's like Diablo, but your phone is your controller. So you use the little like thumbstick on the the controller to move your character on the screen, and then whenever you go into NPC moments where you're talking with char- the characters, right? You and your party have the conversations on your phone so you can decide what you do next and not tell the rest of your party uh, what you're going to say in reaction cool. to the situation. All right. So they have done things like, and that's what inspired that article that I wrote was uh, I that gotcha. kind of idea. Yeah, maybe you're mentioning Ian and it's, it's super, it's super interesting. Nice. But, um, there's another game coming out by the guy at super massive games that made, um, until dawn and they they announced at E3 hidden agenda, which is going to be, essentially an Intel Dawn style game, except you, everybody is in a room and they use their phones to determine the outcome of the story, including a character's death or survival. So with the feature, others can join in and vote on a specific decision to be made using their phones. And one player will at some point receive a secret objective or a hidden agenda, which is intended to create conflict between the players as they try to prevent something from happening. So, it's taken the ideas of Until Dawn, which was, right, you know, the players could live or die throughout the experience and making it into like a party kind of game. So we're going to see more of these coming on Man. pretty soon, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. This and is- in every single one, Brett's going to be the one who dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just have a, either him or me, but I'm rarely around, so I would probably never die. That's true. Yeah, this is That's crazy because Luis could join into our game. Actually, that's very true. Like, just give that's you the true. just give you the code, and you could just pop on in. That's amazing. Like, what's up, guys? But you kind of need to see the screen because all the questions are answered on the screen. Or like when we're faking it, like yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be the like, worst. I don't know what everybody's doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, like I said, just always point to Brett. Yeah. There you go. Um. Cool. Awesome. Well, Austin, you finally played PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. I know we talked about it a lot, but you yeah, I've been listening to you guys. Like, I want to say something <laughs> about this game. So I have to say it's, it's still huge, it's yeah. still awesome. Initially, I was like, this game looks stupid. It's just going to be some stupid Arma mod type thing, which it technically was, and now it's its own game. And I didn't like the graphics, and I was like, whatever. And then I kept hearing more and more, and I was like, fine, I'll give it a try. And this game is amazing, and I'm addicted, and I have a problem. <laughs> I literally have a problem. I have officially announced to myself and everyone else that I cannot play this game by myself. Ah, I get too upset. I get too jazzed up. My adrenaline flows. Like I'm, I literally sweat when I play this game and I'm, <laughs> it's like 20 people left. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I haven't played solo yet. Dude. It's, it's not It's nerve wracking. Yes. Yeah. It is the worst, best experience ever. Cause when you die, I just want to flip my table over and just 
yell at the top of my, my, my lungs, which I haven't had that experience in a very, very long time. You know, there's this thing called BA. It's called Battlegrounds Anonymous. <laughs> you can go there and talk it out with yeah. other people. It's a pub GA. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. Um, you might, you might want to look that up. I actually got a chicken dinner by myself. Nice. I didn't even know. I was just so. <laughs> you know? I didn't know. I didn't know there was one guy left, and I saw this guy in the, the back of the field, and I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna kill that dude." And then I won, and I was like, "Oh, oh shit!" <laughs> uh, so that was exciting. But you know, I got a few chicken dinners, but recently it has not been good. People are good, like really. Yeah, good. they're learning how to. That's play. That's the one thing that's very discouraging about the game is there's some people who are damn good at it, just like scary good. Yeah, like they they can, especially those people who get the eight by scopes. They can they can get you from like I don't even know like five hundred six hundred meters. Yeah, it's so like far. you don't even know where they're coming from. You're just like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. <laughs> I can't I but, can't use the use that because I haven't got my FPS up to the level I want it yet. So right, it uh, it I can't live that way. But there's people that I watch on Twitch that they they have like two 1080s in their system. They have an i7 overclocked to almost five gigahertz. Jeez. They have some crazy. I mean, they're they're pulling like ultra high everything, ultra view distance, whatever, which doesn't look amazing, but it gives them like crazy amounts of high S- FPS that right. allows them to just destroy people. And right, I you know I'm barely pushing fifty, and I I need to get get more. Really? Yeah, I can't. Dude, I can't to, get it yeah. well optimized. Like I've mm, I've adjusted so many different settings, and I can Tight I can upgrade. get to fifty, and that's it. Man. It's weird. Oh, it's like I didn't realize the graphics were gonna be such a big part of it. Cause I have a a four four i seven or four six i seven, so it's not like I have a bad processor. It's crazy and that this game isn't even really officially out yet. I know it's so big. It, it sold more copies of any other game on the on the Steam sale, and it wasn't even on sale. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Brett. The game's really GPU intensive, so you just yeah. need a better graphics card. Also, it's very badly optimized. optimized. I know. Yeah. So I'm, but, I'm probably going to upgrade to a 1080 here pretty soon, but we'll so see. I think the greatest thing about this, which I feel like is a given, but it might not be, is the squad play. Like yeah, I, I agree, it is phenomenal, and I haven't had this experience since like Battlefield Four or something. Like you know, we jump in with my friends, and you know, we squad up and you know, murder, and now it's I get that feeling again, which I haven't been able to in a while because there hasn't been a game like this that's been so attractive to me to want to do that. So I'm like just, on every night. Just imagine this game in the uh, the Fox engine with Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, that would be the most man. incredible squad play spa- bleh, squad based game ever. And then they go and make Metal Gear survive and they ruin it all. I know. So is this game going to survive like longer uh-huh. than its launch? I see what you did there. Don't <laughs> <laughs> um, be that guy. Uh, I am that guy. I'm curious to know how long this will last. Like, yes, the beta, this technically beta has been pretty badass, and I, it has legs, but I don't know how long it will actually last. Will this be a competitive thing that people will jump into and like they'll str- like people stream it? But like, where is this going? Player unknown said that his end goal with this game from the onset was to make it an esport. That was that's that's his intention, his okay. final goal. So right Interesting. now, working heavily on optimization to make it because he knows how important that is for esports players. So they're right. working a lot. But, so that's why we haven't seen any new major new content. We haven't seen the jump thing come out yet because they're working so hard to optimize the servers, to optimize the gameplay. And that's get that really interesting to hear that that's somebody's end goal for creating a, a game. Like right. literally the, the, the sole purpose of creating a game is to I want to create an esport content. Yeah. Well, coming that's from, from 
him, which is basically any developer, if if you even want to call him that. Well, he was he was a modder, which is yeah, which no, is even, crazy. I mean, yeah. you have Overwatch and Blizzard, and obviously they're creating esports, so they uh, that's their angle, and that makes sense for them. But for a sole person, like that's crazy. Yeah, I don't even know what the team size is. Um, I can tell you here. In a minute, I feel like it's no more than ten or twenty. <laughs> it, it's gone a lot bigger because I mean they're they got Microsoft backing now. You know, since it oh okay, Xbox that's right, One, that's right. So they've they've grown that's, in size quite a bit. It's actually really exciting. I'm very happy for it. And them. it's like the perfect esport too. It's also kind of scary because in games like in games in movies like the Hunger Games and uh, what's that one uh, Battle Royale? Yeah, yeah. It's this is basically oh my god. It basically preys on these weird human tendencies to want to watch something like this. Like imagine watching this from your couch yeah. and being so psyched like to follow one guy and then he dies and you're like, no, it's so, oh, that is it's very so hunger games. Yeah. It's scary. Like at some point and people are going to be sponsoring these people. It's exactly the hunger games. So I, I, I kind of, there's one thing I wish they would do, which I'm sh- they might, I don't know, but I like how the main cover, cause when I looked at the main like art uh, graphic for this, thing like it really turned me off it's like oh it's just some dudes who <laughs> you know normal everyday people coming in this this you know battlegrounds and murdering people because it's this guy in this like nice white shirt and a tie and it's like he looked like he just got off work and jumped in this thing and was murdering people which in hindsight now i think that's a great way to like add some character like what if everyone was in like work suits it's like they were taking off the streets put into this game and now they have to survive like i think that's just some backstory that that it's kind of like out of sight, out of, well, not out of sight, out of mind, but like just an afterthought, but adds a lot of character to what could be going on here. I don't know. Just could my be. thought. You know what's crazy? I just discovered something new that I did not realize. You know how the game is developed by Blue Hole Studios? I thought that was Player Unknown's company, but it's not. Player Unknown is the designer of this game, Brendan Green. But he teamed up with Blue Hole, which is most known previously for the game Terra. Remember Terra, the MMO? Yes. That came oh out my gosh, yeah. Yeah. They're a South Korean studio. What? And so he's working with them on this game. So this is their... And they were recently purchased, or at one point they were purchased by a publisher, which was Blue Hole, that uh, makes MMOs and mobile games. That's their main thing. So I thought that was pretty pretty interesting tidbit of the, the day. But they have a team of like 35 or 40. So, dude, that's sweet. Yeah. They have a big team working on it. Seems any, like. any last words? Anybody? No, let's see. You want to play this right after this? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Let's jump on it. You got a full squad. Let's jump on it. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap up our game segment this week, guys. If there's something you want to have us talk about, let us know at hello at innergamer.net. Otherwise, stay tuned and we'll be back for our video game releases and gaming news. <laughs> And we're back for our video game releases. I hope you guys are ready because it's about to it get real. It starts. It's about to get real. <laughs> Next week, we have three games coming out. First up, July 21st, the moment we've all been waiting for. I'm not prepared. Splatoon 2 on the Nintendo Switch <sighs> is coming July 21st. It's too much. Splatoon 2 is a sequel to the 4v4 shooter about splatting ink and claiming turf. They're adding a Turf Wars battle mode via local multiplayer and portable play styles with your Switch. You can also compete in online matches 
like never before. It's been two years since the last Splatoon, and as two years have passed, it's also passed in the game world, leading to an evolution in fashion trends and new styles of weapons and gear. Me and Luis played this at pa- uh, Pack South. Yeah. We kicked ass. Hell yeah. It's super fun, dude. Yeah. It's so cool. We had a blast. Blast. Like paint. Yeah. Blast. Yeah. yeah. Stop it's trying to turn everything blast. into a pun, you fucking pleb. Try it. But uh, yeah, that's coming out. So we'll certainly be reviewing that on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. New shirt coming out. Brett's a pleb. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, that would be actually a good shirt for Devin to I'll wear. Tell you. It would be. I'd buy that. Um, then also on July 25th, we have two games coming out. First up, this is not necessarily a full version release, but Fortnite, the game we've been waiting for for so long from Epic Games, is coming out in early access for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. In Fortnite, players and their friends lead a group of heroes to reclaim and rebuild a homeland that has been left empty by a mysterious darkness known as the Storm. Are you guys excited about this? It's been a long time since they announced it. Yes. I, it, the game looks like a lot of fun, even though everything's being pretty uh, saturated with zombies. For the second half. Or is it something's coming out next year? I don't know. There's, I mean, there, had, there's a lot of zombie yeah. games that were shown. We had zombies. At E3. We got zombies. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. It's totally different for Epic Games, for sure. It's a different uh, a different turn that they've never done before. Yeah. So this will be... I mean, I like tower defense games. And I like killing zombies by the drove. So this is going to be something fun to do. Yeah, and it's cooperative, so we'll be able to play with yeah. each other and yeah. just fight off hordes of bad guys as they come, and you can build stuff, and it's like Minecraft, but not, and then you can fight off hordes of zombies, so that should be fun. Uh, last game we have coming out on July 25th as well is Pyre, which we talked about on the podcast before. It's coming out for PS4 and PC. This is the game from the creators of Bastion and Transistor. It's a party-based RPG. You lead your band of exiles... To freedom through a series of mystical competitions in the campaign or challenge a friend to fast-paced showdowns in the head-to-head versus mode. So that is coming out oh, yeah. finally. It'll be here. Who's pumped? I am just because I've been wanting a party-based RPG. So, yeah, I'm in. I like the, the team sizes. This seems like something that's right up my alley. So yeah. if anyone wants to jump in and actually play, I'm getting it on PC, not on PS4. Oh, oh hell Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes me so happy to hear it. To hear it. I'm getting on PC. Yeah, I know. Get on PC. Yes. Yeah, I'll right. get this on PC. Awesome. For sure. Cool. Well, let's jump into the stories we have for this week. Woo! First up, this is a interesting one that I figured would be worth discussing. An, an analyst came out and predicted that the PS5 will be another half step like the PS4 Pro and arrive in 2019. So we have the Xbox One X coming out this year. He predicts that in 2019, which is not next year but the year after we will see the next ps5 and it won't be a full console generation thing like we're we went from ps3 to ps4 it'll be a quote-unquote half step what do you guys think about this let's discuss this for a little bit what do you want ps5 to do well first i think it's too soon but second i think way too soon i i think that's good that they if they do ps5 i like that because i don't agree with this whole Let's get a PS4 and let's get a PS4 Pro. Um, I mean, I see the Pro as a way to hold us over, but if the PS5 can like really bring it in a, in a big way that you know, like Xbox is trying to do, but have all those games announced, you know, way ahead of time, yeah, and actually have some badass games come out at launch, I think that's, I think it could, they could still dominate. Yeah, 
So this guy is thinking that this is going to be another PS4 Pro, essentially. Like from the PS4 to Pro to PS4 to PS4 Pro, he thinks it's going to be that kind of jump. Yeah. So you want it to be more of a, you want it to well, be I mean, a bigger what's, jump. Then what's what's better than a Pro? Like what kind of jump is that? Do you think? I mean, what, I, what I'm seeing, what I'm like you guys, that's I'm, I'm seeing it like, about. yeah, like this six teraflops or whatever, like right. that kind of jump, like basically competing with the Xbox. Uh, I through the hardware. I don't think we've explored the full potential of the PS4 Pro yet, so uh, too soon, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know that they should be doing this so soon, seeing as though they don't really have enough data to go on. Like, What are people thinking when they have these these systems? How well are they selling? Like, Until the Xbox One X comes out and sells for about a year, then I think they'll be thinking about more or less what the move is weird thing that uh i see is that this whole iterating on a certain on like a say for example a new ps4 comes out and it's just way better and you can still play all your ps4 games uh like it doesn't that's no different than older consoles right because your xbox 360 could play all of your xbox games or whatever and now that that's not really a thing it makes this whole iterating on a console thing seem more likely but it doesn't make any sense because if I went to a PS5, I should still be able to play my PS4 games. So that's the one thing that's kind of keeping me wondering whether or not they want to stick with this whole PS4 ecosystem thing. But PS5, yeah. it doesn't really make much sense. Uh, there's, I mean, also like like Austin, you brought up the Xbox One X. Like they have to compete with that at some point if that's what people want. But to get to that point, I mean, I have no, I have no clue. Uh, I think yeah. the analyst is wrong. Um, I think 2020, maybe 2021 is when we'll see it. I just don't think anybody really knows what the console space wants to be. And if you make the wrong move, it could be the like your last move. So. Yeah. Um, one thing the analyst mentioned in the uh, article was that he thinks that the, the reason for this date is that based on predictions and purchase history right now, that is going to be the point when 4K TVs reach a point of critical mass to where over 50% of the population has migrated to 4K televisions. So he thinks that in his mind, the Xbox One X being a full 4K gaming experience came out too early right. and that PS5 would be smart to release in 2019 because that is when we will have reached a critical mass with the 4K televisions sets. And I kind of think that they should be iterating this quickly because... Uh, Joseph Ferris, the guy that does A Way Out, he said that working on consoles is really difficult mm -hmm. because it's like working on a five-year-old PC with the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X already. And the Xbox One X isn't out yet. And he says it still feels like we're working on a five-year-old PC. So I think this faster iteration is the way we need to go. But they need to make sure that going forward, if they are going to do this, we're going to see backwards compatibility from this point forward. Like there will be no, this game is for PS4. It's just, this is a PlayStation game. You can play it on anything from PS4 to PS7. You know, like they will always be playable. But you always have to, I mean, if you don't have it, you own it. You own it forever. If you don't own it, then there's no, I mean, they could do the remastered thing all the time, but I don't want them to like make you have to buy it over and over again for every iteration necessarily. Right, right. So, But we are coming up on the five-year cycle of the ps4 but the ps4 pro just released november 10th 2016 so right. mm -hmm. well, i mean what is that i mean i think that just kind of trips everything up like 
If we usually go with five-year launch cycle, uh, I uh, mean... I don't like the five-year launch cycle. Well, it was a 10-year, you know, like the Xbox One. Yeah. The Xbox 360 had a 10-year cycle. Exactly. Which is crazy. I, 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 so it's like getting shorter, smaller, again, like so much faster. I, I One of the biggest things I remember was um, the developers for God of War 3, for all its faults, it was a very pretty game. And they said that that was because they took the time to really explore the power of the PlayStation 3 in order to make it as nice looking as possible. So that being the case, I think we need to do that with this as well. Yeah. And coming out with just more and more consoles, I'm sorry, I, people aren't going to be able to keep up. Yeah. It's a lot of money to spend so, all the time. I mean, yeah. there's 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 a lot of moving wheels here. I mean, like you said, you know, people can't keep up, but that's one side of it. But then you have developers who are like, fuck, I can't, this is hard to work on this now, you know? So it's like, where do we, and it's where's get the middle ground here? Well, the middle ground's PC. So just, I don't want to sound like a jerk. <laughs> I don't want to sound like a jerk, but I'm sorry, developer, but you chose this job <laughs> and we're the consumer. Right. Yeah. I don't, and I don't, I, and I don't mean that to sound mean, but I'm well, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry that it's difficult, but well, honestly, it sounds like this guy's bitching a little bit. Well, constraints I mean, are good for developers too. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, exactly. Uh, when we were talking to, um, uh, if you guys listened last week to our interview at Katai Games, like, yeah, he was working on VR, and there was a lot of constraints because the technology is moving so fast, and then there was things that they could do with games, but they couldn't do with VR because they had to meet a specific frame rate, correct? You know, a level of frame rate that me meant they had to do more and more optimization with their game. So I think having a constraint is a good thing because it makes you come up with ideas that you wouldn't normally have come up with. You know, if everything was easy, then, you know, you wouldn't be creative with the way you build your game. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Anyway, let's move on to the next story. This one's an interesting one. So there is a uh, new subscription service coming out called Jump that is going to be essentially, they're selling it as the Netflix for video games. And this service is going to, when it launches uh, later this summer, which should be this year, actually, later this summer, um, they're going to have roughly around 60 indie titles. So their idea behind this is that this will be a way for you to play indie games that you may not have played or may not have seen. It will allow the developer to give you exposure to these games and then eventually go and buy them. So it'll be like Netflix where they roll in and out new titles. So you pay $10 a month, you get access to these games, it streams these games, and hmm. you play and get to experience it as long as you want, as long as it's on the library. So I downloaded this service last night, the beta. I played it. I played four games in brief modes, streamed them, and to prevent any, you know, denials of this necessarily, I was very, very surprised at the quality of the service in that there was next to no input lag whatsoever with any of the games that I played. And it was stream it like literally you click a button, you press play game in 30 seconds. That full game is up full screen on your screen. I didn't download anything and you just jump back and forth to games. Now, granted, these are any games, so they are much less graphical fidelity than um, most of them. But I was I was surprised. I was like, this is amazing. So I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Uh, Too early to tell. Yeah. I mean. I Gamefly uh, for I, indie games? Well, may, maybe, but at the same time, and I don't know, one of the biggest draws for me about indie games is that 
they're all there's they're plentiful and they're cheap. If I'm having to fret about buying a five dollar indie or a ten dollar indie, I, I I don't know. I just don't know if I want to just put money towards a streaming service. And I don't know. I hear streaming with gaming, and I get really really nervous. How, how yeah. much is it? Ten dollars a month. Mm. Okay. Is it cheaper for get twelve months? Or is it just no, a monthly it's just ten dollars a month? It's like it's like Netflix. It's like yeah, you just pay ten dollars a month, and then you get access <laughs> to the library of content that they have, which changes all the time. Sixty so. games is good for launch. I mean, I don't know how many hours you can put into each of them. You know, which which one of these games are like really good? Which ones suck? Yeah, I mean, right now the ones that I saw, they had six in the beta, and of those six, I hadn't heard of any of them. So, okay. well, I was, yeah, I would assume that. But some of them were were interesting. You know, they were cool concepts. Um, definitely early development titles for the most part, right. but that's just a beta. So it's not example of the final service, but as a service itself, I was surprised how well it worked. So, okay. Yeah. Well, cool. It's good to know the service works. I just, and then needs it. This is going to need a game that like is killer, you know, for people to be like, Oh, look at this. Right. Maybe yeah. we should do this. But then at the same time, what are the benefits for the, uh, developers of these games, you know, on top of, you know, uh, jump getting their dues, you know, how much money do they get for doing this? Do they get any? Yeah. The developers are going to get something I believe, but the big thing for them is it's going to be focused around games that may not have gotten exposure or games that people haven't heard of that may be introduced to them. So they'll get a chance to play the game through this and then may potentially buy it. Right. Um, after it goes away or whatever. But it's hard to tell because we don't know what the release cycle will be for these games. So will they right. be on the marketplace for three weeks and then be removed? Or are they going to be on here for a year? Which if that's the case, then everybody's just going to play through the games on the service and never actually buy it. You know what I mean? Right. Because these games, these indie games are usually short. Are these going to be on Steam as well? Or are these just, just for this platform? They haven't said that yet. Okay. I mean, it's more of a... Um, this is an introduction to indie game titles. I gotcha. That may be early in development, maybe late in development. They could eventually come on early access. They could be on early access right now. Um, they just they haven't announced the full library yet, so right. It's mm. it's an early beta. But if you guys want to try it out, it's four more days left on the beta. You download it for free off the website. Um, it's jump something. I forgot the the URL, but um, I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, yeah, it's just it's too soon just to jump, tell. So. But as yeah, a service, it's interesting. So it, I like the service idea. The biggest concern is that who has more leverage, a company that no one knows about or PlayStation and Microsoft using their libraries to bring on other indies. So I think that's a more likely scenario. Although the service jump may be a little more convenient and better, I think at the end of the day, PlayStation and Xbox having their own is, is going to be the way of the future at least. Yeah, definitely. Um, awesome. Well, our next article is on Destiny 2, and they have recently come out. They've been talking a lot about Destiny 2 and announcing all of their stuff. All right, so Destiny 2 has come out. They've been releasing a lot of information, and the uh, people have come out and said that Destiny 1 was a foundational experience for Destiny. They were laying the groundwork putting everything out there, really? not delivering any answers, oh. as they say. Not many, too many answers. But they left uh -huh. enough for them to build upon it. So oh, now, okay. with Destiny 2, they say, and I quote, 
I hope people complain this time around about how much story we do have. Don't overcorrect. Yep. So they're applying all the feedback they got about how they people didn't like the grimoire cards. There wasn't enough story there. Who is the darkness, whatever, which we found out in a previous podcast that they're not even going to talk about the darkness anymore. Because <laughs> um, they don't know what it is. They don't know what it is. So they've been spending a lot of time with world building for the Destiny franchise, and they can't emphasize how much they are... Or they can't. I can't emphasize enough that we are now ready to tell stories in this world, big, expansive, cinematic stories. So it's weird to me because now they're ready. Yeah, now they're ready. They've brought out a whole game, three or four DLCs, or however many DLCs we had in the last one, and now they're at the point where they're now putting the story into the world. I feel like this is a late reaction to that stuff, but I mean, I hope it's. I hope. I hope they're right. I hope they deliver some great stuff. And I will say this, which I know you've said plenty of times. Quantity does not equal quality. It's true. Just because there's a lot of story doesn't mean it's going to be a good story. Well, and not only that, but it could be a good story, but don't oversaturate the story into the game so much that it takes away from the gameplay. Right. And if this is, again, one of my complaints with the first Destiny is that the story that I did get, yeah, I enjoyed it. I also really enjoyed uh, the Grimoire cards story that, or at least the content in the Grimoire cards. I just didn't like the fact that I had to go to a fucking website to read said Grimoire cards. Right. Um, if there's so much story that you're taking away from my experience in playing the game or that you're trying to give me story while I'm trying to shoot hordes of bad guys. I'm not going to be listening. I've made this complaint time and time again. And it's one of my biggest complaints with these FPS is trying to deliver a narrative experience is you got to find a way to give me the story when I'm not in the heat of a firefight. Yeah. Hey, listen, Hey, I can't hey. dude. I hey, can't listen. Dinklebot sitting there trying to tell me about, stuff about Vex or the Vault of Gl- whatever the th- <laughs> shit is. <laughs> You're getting grenaded and thrown around. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm a little busy right now. I've got minotaurs chomping down on my balls right now. Give me a minute. So, yes, I want a very rich story out of Destiny 2. Of course, I want that. I want to have a lot of it. However, I want it to be well woven into the gameplay and atmosphere. And I want it to match. So, I don't know. I, I, that, do you see that? Soup to nuts. Soup to nuts. It's right there. Soup to nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> top to bottom, soup to nuts. That's funny. That was in the article from GameSpot. Um, anyway, so Destiny 2's beta comes out July 18th for PS4 and July 19th for Xbox One. So, at that point, actually, holy shit, that's the day this podcast comes out. That beta starts the day this podcast comes oh, out. Oh, shit. So if you guys want to jump in Damn it. and try Get on the beta today. Is that just for PlayStation? Uh, PlayStation July 18th, which is the day this podcast comes out. And then the next day will be Xbox One. What about so PC? PC oh, that's right. will be so. available later. And the game is also releasing later on PC. So, so when it launches, it. it's only coming out on console. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy. You got to go pre-order it, though. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. I'm probably going to get it. I mean, it's Destiny 2. I, I think it'll be fun. Are you, what are you guys going to get it on? P- PC? Xbox. Let's move on. Xbox. <laughs> Let's move on. Xbox. Let's move on. Okay. Should have lied, bro. Should have lied. Should have just lied. 
All right. So we had a trailer that came out this weekend, this past weekend, with Kingdom Hearts 3, and they have announced it is officially coming in 2018, assuming there's no delays. But they're bringing Toy Story to Kingdom Hearts. Who's excited? Mm. Guys, this was one of the coolest trailers I've seen in a long time. Wasn't it good? Yeah. It was really, really well done. I haven't done. seen it. Oh, man. Dude, it's so good. Terrible podcaster. It's so good. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, Please they, watch it. This this trailer captured the standard magic and really uh, fun mysticism in Kingdom Hearts, but adding Toy Story into it, I'm like, man, if I'm going to have to go on a feels trip for this game with Toy Story... I don't know how I'm going to feel about crying while trying to play a Vigi game. I'm not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. Crying a lot. Crying a lot. And don't tell me that you didn't cry at Toy Story 3. If Dude, you, if you it was said sad. It was super sad. Worse. Oh, yeah. It Dude, was... the combat looks so refined now. Doesn't it? You I don't know. know. I was like flipping I... out. So, which Kingdom Hearts have we played? I've played like every single one. I've played one and two. Okay. So I was concerned after two because I didn't know where combat was going to go because two became literally button mashing yeah. and very little combos. So at least what I, from what I saw, at least Kingdom Hearts 3 seems to be taking the best elements of one and two's combat and mixing it with the one in Dream Drop Distance, which was the one on the 3DS, which everyone should play because it has an awesome Tron world. Yeah, and that's great oh, because that was my biggest concern. Like, it looks beautiful. I don't know. So, who hasn't watched it here? Was it you, Austin, or Brett? Yeah, I, I haven't watched it yet. But <laughs> this might be my first. Well, this will be my first uh, Kingdom Hearts game. That's crazy. I know. I'd say I'd say if you can, and only if it's like thirty or twenty-five bucks on PlayStation, get the one point one, one point five, two point five, and just play one and two, or play some oh. of one and some of two, um, and then go back and sell it or something. Because I really, not from a story perspective, but just so you can understand how far it's come. Because even the first game holds up very, very well. It's one of the hardest action RPG games I've ever played. I'm really glad uh, to hear that because I almost beat Kingdom Hearts 1. Then I got really far and I couldn't beat it anymore because it was too hard. But I yeah, got really, really far. It's a very hard game. Yeah, like the last few bosses are pretty difficult. You have to grind quite a bit if yeah. you want to beat them in like a one fell swoop. But yeah, that last boss took me a while. And... um Kingdom Hearts 3 looks so much cooler because a lot of the problems with 1 and 2 were that if you saw something and you wanted to use it to your advantage, you couldn't really do it. There's a lot of invisible walls. Right. But in the trailer, they show how you can jump down from the roof of the house onto the ground and then attack that way. So it, it seems like there's a lot more freedom in that, which is just super exciting. And Toy Story, seriously, that means everything is on the table now. Yeah. They'll probably <laughs> go with like the very typical ones. Like imagine like a... Well, that one probably wouldn't be as, as cool, but like they can use Wally now. They can use, now that they've delved in, because no one really knew if they were going to do Pixar. Uh, now they can do basically anything. And it looks real. I mean, it looks like the movies, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah it that really would, does. That, that blew me. That blew my mind. Like when it showed them kind of waking up under the bed, I'm like, oh, yeah. no fucking way, dude. <laughs> you can see the stupid ball. I was like, oh, this I like is how it. they're all toys now, too. It's awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. But. It's kind of exciting. I really do hope it comes out in 2018. I don't know what that means for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. But I hope it means that that's taken a backseat because it's not really as in demand. Or right. they just kind of realize I that Kingdom Hearts 3 needs it. to happen now versus later. I mean, I do too, but I, I have kind of capitalize I, on the KH 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8 releases because it's on people's minds. 
Yeah. Both Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts were games that just they got past me growing up. Yeah. Well, so apparently, so did Kingdom Hearts. Oh yeah, you said that. Yeah, right. I just said that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. Andrew. Sorry. Yeah, I'd say if you can, Austin, if you're not too engrossed by uh, PUBG to <laughs> play 1.5 and 2.5 because I think they're kind of up your alley in the action side of RPGs. I mean, you like Final right. Fantasy, right? Yeah, I like the new one that came out. Like, yeah, so that this, was this, that was pretty fun. This to me is a a more accessible version. Okay, I could play this. And I can't play Final Fantasy games. I hate playing Final Fantasy <laughs> yeah, games. Yeah, and it's this, not turn-based. Like, you're running, and then a bunch of enemies appear, and you just go and fucking whack them. It's sweet. awesome. It's like Devil May Cry or something, huh? Uh, yeah. Kind of, but it's not combo-based. I gotcha. Cool. Badass. Yeah, I'm watching this trailer right now. It looks amazing. Like, I already want to just play it. It's like, very Let pretty. me just play it. Um, anyway. Well, last story Last story we have of the day, and then we have our worst, worth mentioning article at the end here. But Oculus Rift... And the touch controller bundle has dropped to a severely, severely low price. And it is going to be $399, literally $399 for the Oculus and the touch controllers during their summer sale. And then they came out after the fact to say that they have officially dropped the retail price of Oculus Rift and the touch controllers to $499. This makes it incredibly competitive to the PSVR. Yeah. And this is a much better version than the PSVR. Much better. And it makes the HTC Vive, like, they better get on the, get on the ball. Because now the HTC Vive is, what, $800 or whatever it is? And this is now $500. They've slashed the price yeah, by it's de- it's, it, Short answer, it's not $399. It's more. Yeah. I still feel like, yes, the Oculus Rift is still very, I think it's very well refined obviously, because it's been in development longer. But I think the Vive still has a better experience because now they're coming out with the wireless headset and they're going to have the new and improved... Um, uh, hand controllers? No, not the hand controllers. Uh, what is it? It's already out, sensors. I think. Yeah, the sensors, uh, the IR sensors. So I think that's going to open up a whole world of stuff that it hasn't been taken advantage of. At least I haven't seen it yet and I haven't heard anything. So um, I, I, think for the, I think you get what you pay for, but... I do think the games are a lot better than Oculus. Yeah, I think so too. Like with Robo Robo Recall, yeah, fucking phenomenal. Like I look at games on the Vive and I'm just like, they don't they don't hold up. They don't hold up. They're getting a lot of titles on there too that are. I mean, they send an Oculus update all the time that yeah. tells you like, oh, here's what we've announced, and there's some really awesome awesome titles that have come out on that. And for for being Oculus, where they don't have Steam as in their library as access. I mean, it's impressive to be able to build your own ecosystem. I mean, granted, it's Facebook that's got the money backing for it. So right, obviously right. they're going to put a lot to, towards it. But um, I mean, it's still my favorite headset by far. I like the HTC Vive a lot, but I just love the feel of the Oculus Rift. Granted, the PSVR is the most comfortable. But in terms of what you get in quality and now that the price points at this, I mean, I wish I waited, obviously, because it would save me $300. But it's it's a great it's it's a great package. Those touch controllers are so good. Right. But if they can fix the room scale VR in some way, like they yeah, have because with the new IR system. sensors, I think the room scale could be bigger now. Yeah, for that's the awesome. for the for the Vive. Yeah. Which, man, can you imagine like having a whole warehouse to yourself? Yeah. <laughs> with the wireless a wireless headset. Oh man. I mean, if they bring out the the wire yeah the wireless headset as part of the package this year with HTC Vive and just drop it a couple hundred bucks, like that would. I mean, that, even that at the same price, the Oculus Rift, I think. 
even at the same price with all that, I think it's still appealing, at least for me. But then again, I get it. People don't have this kind of money. Like, just don't. Yeah, it's expensive. It's expensive. But um, so check that out. If you guys haven't got VR yet, you're going to be able to get it pretty cheap. You still need to have a VR rig, but, you know, that's a little more accessible on the peripheral side. Right. Um, last article we want to mention before we get into our article of the week for the inner gamer, October 27th. That's a day in October. And normally it's just a regular day. It's four days before Halloween. But this year it may be the biggest release day in the history ever of video games, v- video games and movies oh, and shit. TV shows. What? On Oculus 27th or wow. on, Octo- <laughs> on October wow. 27th, on October 27th, we are getting Stranger Things season two. Oh, yes. We are getting Wolfenstein to the new Colossus. Yeah. We are getting the sequel to Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. We are getting Assassin's Creed Origins. What? We are getting Super Mario Odyssey. What? We are getting the new movie Jigsaw all on October 27th. The fuck? That's a 20, big day. That's three games, two movies, and a TV show, October 27th. So who's not going to sleep for 48 hours? In, in the end of October, yeah. I'm not going to sleep until the Halloween party, four days later. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> when Jigsaw comes out to kill me. Anyway, so. Damn right. thought that was worth that's it. That's impressive. Day. Brett, it would be 27, huh? It would be 27. I didn't think about that. Man, that's crazy. It's so, okay. October yep. 27th. Anyway, article of the week. Devin. I got the... uh, uh, What? Oh, no. Devin. Devin, Devin, Devin. Yep. Whoever. This is probably my favorite of your articles, if I'm being completely honest. Thank you. Thank you. About games I've never really played. Devin, (laughs) what do you think about Telltale? So, uh, my article, Telltale's Tale, has gone stale. Um, I... I had enough. I ripped... I kind of rip apart Telltale. Um... Basically, if uh, if I had to sum it up in in just a, a couple of sentences, it would be that they've they've recycled their formula too much. I give a lot of good mm-hmm. comparisons in there, I would think, but it's they with the ever changing genre of storytelling, experience based games, whether it's in first person walking simulators or text based adventures, whatever. There's a ton of them out there, but everyone's adapting and changing and making these great new experiences with storytelling and narrative based games. And telltale is not picking up the pace. I feel like if anything, all they're doing is just repeating their formula transposed on the cool pop culture shit started with walking dead, went to, uh, Game of Thrones, then they did Wolf Among Us, and then they did Borderlands, uh, Tales from the Borderlands. It's it, it's all the same. They're great, and I, I've had fun with them, but it's the same experience that you can come to expect. They're no longer telling the tale. They are, but it's a predictable one. Right. And it's boring. Yeah. I am now bored with their games. So head on over to theinnergamer.net slash read. Check out Devin's latest article on Telltale. And also make sure you subscribe to our blog. If you go to the very, very bottom, there is a subscribe button. We'll be sending those out before long, in which case you will get them in your inbox, yep. you know, in your email over time. It'll be pretty awesome. I would so. like to hear other people's thoughts on um, what their what their takes on good story games are, or what if, yes. if, if they agree with me or not that Telltale is... 
kind of I agree running thin. Yeah, right. I agree. That's why I didn't buy the the new Walking Dead season. Mm. I was like, you know what? After Batman, I can't expect anything better. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe a better paced story, but still, it's just not the same. Yeah, awesome. Oh well. Well, that concludes our news segment, everybody. If there's something we missed or something you want to hear us talk about, email us at hellothenergamer.net. Our discussion topic this week coming up is going to be another interview with a couple of people from Guts Department. It is a game studio working on a game called Aegis Defenders. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, it's an ancient Greek name of some kind. But we are going to be talking with them here shortly, so stay tuned after the break, and we will commence our interview. Sweet. So weird, Brett. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Today we have Max and Bryce on the podcast from the Guts Department. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Hey, how's it going? How's it going, guys? Awesome. Welcome, welcome. You guys are working on a brand new game, but first let's get into who you guys are. If you could just each one introduce yourselves, uh, what your roles are at Guts, um, give us a lowdown. Uh, Max, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, my name is Max Palazzo. I'm producer um, for Aegis Defenders. Uh, I sometimes do a little bit of like level design, but kind of most of my tasks are like just doing whatever random crazy thing pops up. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I do production and uh, sometimes design. And I'm Bryce. I'm the game director, but I pretty much help out wherever I can. So that means I'm doing, you know, the story, the artwork, uh, game design, touching touching a lot of stuff or pretty much everything. <laughs> nice. Bryce Very is nice. actually our sole artist on the project. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Crap. Hey. Seriously. So you did the illustrations yeah. and everything of the two characters that come in and did you do the art on the, the game itself too and all that? Uh, yeah, everything you see, oh I have gosh. to do. That's incredible. So <laughs> how tired no is your wrist? <laughs> uh, you know, the one great thing about being indie is I get to switch between tasks all the time. So <laughs> nice. anytime I get tired of drawing, I'll just do design. Or vice versa. So. <laughs> so I'll have to say I'm that okay. I, I, I love the artwork a yeah, lot. And it's very seriously. anime, which I've more recently jumped into anime. And I'm just enthralled with that kind of design. So can, can you talk about that real fast since we're on the topic? Uh, the, the anime aesthetic? or Yeah, just like the, you know, the whole process of how you came up with this feel. This and, art and, style. Yeah, illustration of the characters right. and stuff like that. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think uh, one of the inspirations that um, most people can pick up on is that like this is heavily trying to pull from um, like a Final Fantasy, um, like 16-bit Final Fantasy era, like pixel art, um, along with kind of like a Ghibli style. Um, so that's that's like the overall color palette and kind of like um, you know tone of it all. Uh, and then in terms of the illustrations. Uh, I have to be honest. I'm actually a pretty big fan of uh, Persona, the Persona series. Nice. <laughs> so um, I kind of, I kind of wanted to make those character illustrations in between um, be pretty expressive, since you can't really do that with the pixel art. Right. Um, and it's it's way faster to do illustrations than uh, than pixel animations. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So like with with these worlds that you guys have 
design. Um, how, what explain the process a little bit about creating this level? Like you're you're doing the pixel art, you create the level. What are the steps involved? Just some basic steps of producing these uh, these levels in Illustration. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Um, you want to take that one, Max? Sure. Why not? Uh, like basically, like I'd say, generally the overall kind of a method for doing is we, we like to do levels and passes. So, you know, we might do a first pass, which is just like getting the, you know, the, the ground tiles in or whatever, like setting up monsters, enemies, that kind of stuff. Um, usually we'll try to stick with, uh, uh, I forgot who said, who said this exactly. Maybe Bryce, if you remember, maybe jump in, but, um, we, we, we stick with kind of this idea of doing everything in threes. So, you know, if we're introducing a new mechanic, like then you kind of have to be able to elaborate on it in a way that will um, make sense for the player and, and they can understand like what's actually going on, you know, um, without like explicitly telling them because that's always kind of lame. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of figure that stuff out first. Um, we'll block all that stuff in. Uh, we'll do uh, like a, a balance pass on it. Then we'll do like an art pass on it. And we'll just keep doing passes based off like play tests and feedback from people until we come with a level that we like. <laughs> but yeah. For sure. Nice. Um, and if you're curious about like the, uh, the art side of that, originally the way we did the level was, was pretty inefficient <laughs> where we would like think that we were like, you know, semi-final on the design. And then I would literally draw an entire like, like semi painting on the whole thing just like <laughs> from, from scratch. So every single level was like one big image and it looked really cool. Um, I, I was a fan of that and I still am a fan of like what those levels looked like, but uh, it's just too brittle in terms of needing to fix any mistakes that you make in the design or adjusting for, for playtest feedback. Right. So we, we not great performance too sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It's horrible. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> Uh, image, you know image yeah right right yeah is that is that done in like photoshop and stuff like that or is it something else oh yeah you, yeah okay man that's mm -hmm. a lot of work <laughs> it was um so we, we we've tried to imitate um you know that same look with the way that um we've we set up our tiles to be relatively big um and then just a lot of variation so that hopefully it feels um it still captures some of that feeling of, of being hand-drawn throughout so awesome yeah well, uh, let's let's back up a little bit to uh, Aegis Defenders as a game. How would you describe the overall game to somebody that hasn't heard about it before? Max, you want to take this one? Yeah, sure. Um, Aegis Defenders is uh, basically a kind of genre mashup of um, tower defense and Metroidvania. So basically, for the first half of the level, you know, you're you're running through, you're using these characters to uh, solve puzzles, you know, defeat enemies, that sort of thing, and gather resources for basically the second half of the level, which is a tower defense game. Um, but it kind of presented in the side-scrolling kind of platformer structure. So we feel like that the kind of mashup of these two ideas leads to some pretty unique gameplay. Um, we've kind of gotten comparisons to uh, Lost Vikings, actually, with the way kind of our character um, characters are set up uh, because you can control characters simultaneously using kind of our dynamic switching system. Um, so we sometimes get that comparison. Uh, but I would say essentially Aegis Defenders is a, a 
combination of strategy RPG and Metroidvania. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And I, I, I know I mentioned to you guys at one point, but uh, Trine or Train or something like that is the other game that I closely related to because that also allows you to switch characters, which I love that concept. Um, that was, you know, brand new idea for me and seeing it in this game and how the relationship between your two characters is, is really oh, cool man. with it being like, a, you know, like a, um, it's, a, it's a grandfather and his, his granddaughter, right? That was, that's, that's the setup you have there. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, I almost called it father and daughter, but then I realized it's a grandpa and the the, the granddaughter. So. <laughs> um, Bart is yeah. very old. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's really awesome. So, um, what elaborate a little bit more on the story here and like where the name came to be and what inspired the overall story of the game? For sure. Um, so I actually had been working on a um, graphic novel that uh, had this world where, you know, humanity was brought back into the dark ages. And so when they come into contact with any like modern or, you know, currently modern technology, they would be, you know, completely blown away by it. And, um, you know, just imagining like some cavemen basically coming up to uh, just just like an Android that has the same like basic features as something like Siri and they can, like ask it the weather and they can like, you know, get like advice on, on health and all this other stuff that they would, they would think it's like a, you know, a godlike kind of entity and right. would start worshiping it. So that, that was like the, the core idea behind it. Um, and just exploring this idea of man's relationship with technology and, you know, um, religion and all those sorts of stuff. So that was, that was something uh, that I was working on previously. And then, um, for this game, uh, it was a like a class project at USC, which is you know University of Southern <laughs> right. California. Wow, that's amazing! And I was like, I was like, huh? I think you know, just for fun, I'm gonna you know combine these things just cause, and um, it seemed to actually work. So it was just like you know these ruin hunters who keep exploring and trying to find these ancient ruins, and um, that's that's kind of the genesis, I guess, of the name uh, or of uh, of the story. Um, as far as the name goes, to be honest, <laughs> we, when we were making the class project, we were just like, you know, what's the, what is the cool name for this game? You know, that has to do with, uh, defending stuff. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Aegis is like a spell that I remember from final fantasy, um, but it actually, <laughs> but it actually is like, you know, the, the shield of Zeus or whatever. So yeah. we're like, okay. Let's go with that. And we've kind of worked it into mythology and everything like that. But I have always laughed and loved hearing everybody's take on where they first heard Aegis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some people say D&D. A lot of people say from that game. And then you know, this, I, I love the fact of how it just this, that's how the game got its name. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's you know, I got to be honest. It's, yeah. It's Final Fantasy. <laughs> Where I heard it from. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a good spell. It's a good spell. So you got the Metroidvania <laughs> style gameplay going on, and then there's a part where you have the um, the the tower defense edition, which I think is is so so different. Like to combine, right. fuse those two together. When I played it, I, that was what my most appealing things I took away from it is that I, I love tower defense games. So to have it yeah. in this type of game just made it even that much better. And the gameplay is super simple. Like the 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 there wasn't much of a learning curve to figure out how to do it, but um, why did you guys go that route? Where did that idea come from? 
You know, um, when we were in that USC games class, um, we just made a list, a long list of all the genres and ideas that we we liked in general. Okay. And we just we looked at that list and like, is there any intersection here that hasn't been done before that um, that we like? You know, that that um, would excite us basically. And um, you know, basically those two things were on the top of our list. And we hadn't, we weren't able to think of any like mashup that combined a Metroidvania with tower defense. And those ideas seemed like they could work together. Um, and honestly, at first they didn't because it was kind of boring with just one character running around, um, you know, just basically attacking enemies in a traditional 2d platformer type of way. Um, but once we added in the second character where you would switch between them, um, and, you know, we're, we're able to then divvy up their roles. So, you know, one character for building stuff and one character for attacking. It was like, oh, okay, so now now it's, it's adding all the strategy and, and meaning to having this in a 2D platform, um, you know, uh, setup. It, it like it all kind of clicked after that. So, right. yeah, yeah. Glad you guys liked it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's really cool. So this is like a this is a completely unique kind of experience when like you know you're talking about the side scrolling platform and the tower defense portion of it. Were you ever worried about a a game that became too busy with too many mechanics, or were, was that like a challenge when you guys were really trying to hammer all this these ideas out? Oh, for sure, definitely, and 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 in many ways still continues to be that way for us. Um, but I think we've made enough strides to. Uh, uh, you know, like you guys were saying, hopefully make it easy enough to pick up and play. Um, yeah. Previously, like rather than um, having like a singular build function with just one item per character and having fusion between the characters. Previously, we just had it so that every character had like their own, you know, um, assortment of abilities uh, like a, to build. Like a menu, you'd have to go right. Into you'd have to go into a menu. <laughs> so that was like too much because you know each character has too many possibilities. Right. So, you know, we we were able to boil that down um, and make it uh, more easy to use because of just iteration on on trying to play with this. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Like, so when I came into the project, because I came into it um, kind of after it had already kind of gotten started, um, uh, there was like there was a lot of stuff like happening. And I think what we've been trying to do, like for a while now has been kind of like whittling it down and kind of editing it really <laughs> to like get like the best stuff out there, like as quickly as possible and um, kind of get rid of the stuff that like we felt like was like kind of not working as well. Um, so I think, you know, uh, we, that's always kind of been like something we've been looking at is like, how do we get this, you know, how do we distill this down to what is kind of the core fun aspect of Aegis Defenders? So yeah, and I think I think we've definitely gotten there. It's, it's taken taken a while. <laughs> yeah, when did you officially yeah. start the game? Um, it would have to be uh, in 2014, I guess. Uh, it might have even been in the winter or fall semester of 2013 for USC because that's okay. that's when wow. I started that class. Man, right? Yeah, so it's so come it's, a long way. <laughs> It's coming a long way. It's actually pretty funny. Um, the other day, I was like backing up files, and I saw our original original prototype from that class, and I, I turned it on, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is so <laughs> so so horrible!" I, can't I mean, the art style has completely changed too. I think that's like the most obvious thing if you look at it. 
like we're, we're planning on doing a trailer where we're just going to compare the two, but that's, like, that's a good idea. Yeah. If you, yeah. if you look at like the old, like Kickstarter, um, trailer and then look at like some of the screenshots, like on the, you know, on our site now, like it's, it's kind of <laughs> crazy. <laughs> That's 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 awesome. So, an- another thing that really stuck out to me was the split screen and how it was not your typical split screen and it was really appealing to me. Can you guys speak on that? How that came about? For sure. Um so that split screen has has existed since the Super Nintendo days because oh. um the first one of the first games I played as a child was uh, like a, a Dragon Ball um 2D fighter and the map was so big that it would go into that split screen when you're too far away. So that's it's not a, a new idea, but um, it makes a lot of sense for our game um, because you know uh, the tower defense arenas are so big that um, if you're playing in single player and you, you use split screen, you could use that other half of the screen for map awareness. Um, and then obviously, if you're playing co-op, it kind of allows both players to to freely go where they want to go. So okay, it, it's another one of those things where. Uh, it's not completely new, but in this context, together with the the other aspects of the game, it just makes sense. So yeah, we're happy that it does. That's cool. Um, so you have like we talked about all the different gameplay mechanics you have, the switching of the characters, the tower defense uh, mechanic, and all of that. What kinds of challenges can players come to expect as they progress through the game? So how are how have you approached um, increasing the difficulty, adding variety to the gameplay? Um, as you go through the game? Um, well, so we kind of, we've, we've basically kind of figured out different methods of doing that as the um, development of the game has progressed. Yeah. Um, kind of lately what we've settled on is we have basically a, uh, a semi-random like enemy spawner that's based off of, for the tower defense, that's based off of a uh, difficulty for that level. So now we can actually like equate difficulty for the level with like a number, which has helped us out a lot as opposed to just kind of a nebulous, like this level is a little bit harder or whatever. Um, uh, so that's kind of been one way we've been able to structure pacing throughout the game. Um, uh, and obviously, you know, we have multiple like difficulty modes too. So if people feel like, you know, overall, like the game is like, you know, too challenging or not challenging enough, they can always adjust that. Um, like Bryce and I, like we'll try to play on the hardest difficulty, like in the first <laughs> levels. So if we're not paying attention, like we'll die sometimes. <laughs> so uh, we're definitely excited to see, like uh, you know, people trying to get through that or streaming that or whatever. Right, um, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in terms of variety, we kind of have like a, a three act structure for each of our our areas. So the the first two kind of um, are a little bit more traditional, doing doing things like adding different number of bases or adding, um, you know, unique mechanics to those levels where, uh, you know, similarly you have to use an elevator or, uh, to control, like move all your turrets or, you know, different, different dynamic elements. Right. Um, but they're, they're kind of more core to the rest of the game. Um, and then the third level usually, usually like, you know, turns everything on its head a bit. So, um, examples of that might be like a, a moving caravan level where you have to defend, something that's like moving through it, like a constantly changing environment um, or like one where there's like a, like a giant turret that you have to actually aim yourself. Um, so yeah, we, we try to mix it up with the, the variety of what you're doing as well. So that's not just like um, constantly just defending something in the, in the middle. <laughs> right. That sounds yeah. stressful and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it does indeed. Um, 
What is uh, one of the biggest or one of the biggest challenges you guys have faced during the development of this game, whether it be through um, just, you know, optimization of the the gameplay mechanics or optimization of the game itself? I know you talked about the uh, the big images that you worked with and having to like scale that back so it, the game performed better. What were some of the challenges you faced and how did you overcome them? Uh, okay. Yeah, Max, you want to you go first? <laughs> well, I would say, I would say like in terms of optimization of the games, like technical aspects, I think once we got away from like the big images, you know, we've been able to kind of figure stuff out um, yeah. in that regard. Uh, yeah, like, like I was saying earlier, design was always something that was, uh, you know, was like always like 95% there. But I think in the last, uh, I guess like last four or five months, you really sort of nailed down like, okay, this is what Aegis Defenders is going to be throughout the entire game. And like, this is like where the fun is, right? Um, you know, and so I think kind of cutting back on some of like the stuff that was a little bit like, um, it required a little more work and like probably wasn't going to work out. Like we would cut back on all that stuff and we kind of figured out like, this is what people are going to want to play. Um, and that only came through like a lot of like play testing and stuff. So I think that that was a super important aspect of what we were doing lately. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Bryce, do you have anything else you'd want to add on that regard? Yeah. I, I think for me, um, the thing I'm going to talk about, like probably every indie developer that you talk to will, <laughs> you know, feel the same way at least a little bit. Uh, and it's just like the, the scope of the project for the number of people you have working on it just never seems to like actually, uh, make for an easy time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it'll, it's always a matter of just like, man, I wish we had more people or I wish we could do more, you know? So adjusting the scope to match what you're actually able to, to produce, um, it's pretty difficult, you know, and it's, it's constant, it's constantly a battle of like, Oh, if we just added this, it'd be so much better. We, we have right. a few of those ideas, you know, in our back pocket still that we, we're not going to pursue just because of time and right. you know, resources. The, yeah, the so. thing is, the thing is though, like overall, it actually makes the game better. Like what's, it does. what do you scale <laughs> it, does. it back? And like, that's like the kind of the crazy, like thing that like screws your brain about it. Cause it's like, Oh, if I added this thing, like it'd be like so much better. And it's like, no, like I actually like maybe if we just like, you know, figure out like what we didn't like about something that was already in there like then it kind of it, it actually create makes the core of the game a lot better and a lot more special still want um, to stay focused like, on, on yeah like, yeah core, exactly core concepts and stuff yeah exactly, um, exactly that's cool so it's always manpower yeah, yeah. <laughs> it always right. is it's always manpower yes <laughs> for sure so when you guys first started this game, um, I understand that you did a Kickstarter to get it off the ground. How was that experience doing Kickstarter? And is it something you do again? And how's the feedback been overall from the community through Kickstarter? Uh, yeah, so um, Max wasn't on for the Kickstarter, so I'll take this one. Um, doing the Kickstarter itself was a, a really fun and exciting experience. Um, you know, it's just like, you have this dream and then you get to basically chase after it with, with doing a Kickstarter. And, um, when it goes well, you know, it's like your dreams are coming true. Basically it's how this is the feeling. So it's, it's yeah. really cool. Um, and, and then after you do the Kickstarter, then you have to like make the game and you realize <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be as, you know, it's not going to be as fast paced. Um, because you know, the Kickstarter, it's like every single day of that, like 30 day Kickstarter, that's what you do. It's, it's like you need to make things happen every day to be exciting for your audience. 
But right. when you're in development, it's like, no, actually, we spent the last few months working on an idea that we had to throw away. You know, that, that's the sort of thing that can happen. And um, that's just, you know, that's just what happens when you're experimenting on, on new stuff. Right. Um, right. So um, keeping up with giving uh, content to our backers has been somewhat of a struggle um, just because it's like, you know, uh, how, how do you keep things exciting for them when it, it's really just the, the phase in development where nothing is really yeah. like playable looks great yet, but it's, it's, you know, coming along. Yeah. Um, and then the other piece of advice that I would, um, like let other people know about Kickstarter is like, whatever you think your budget is, <laughs> you're, you're probably wrong. <laughs> it's probably, <laughs> it's probably, uh, double, um, whatever your, your ask is, right. uh, seriously and, double, you know? Uh, and, and that was like from us thinking we were doubling what other people were asking oh, for, wow. you know? Yeah. So the, just the realities of, of like what it takes to make a game, how long it takes to, to do and, um, you know, matching what you're, what you're promising on a Kickstarter, which usually you kind of bloat to, uh, get people excited. Um, you know, we wouldn't be able to make this game if we didn't have, uh, you know, family support and our own kind of right, right. You know, network of, of ways to get funding because it's just, it's just not enough. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's the thing with like, I've backed a lot of Kickstarter games and you know, I, you see the community can be really strong and then you have some people that are just, you know, really sour towards things. And a lot of times it's, it's hard for as a game developer because, like you said, you you have to keep keep updating and delivering and stuff like that. But yeah. games don't come together quickly. It's not like you know movie productions, for example, like they have a long timeline, but it's not near anything like a game development. Oh, it's I mean, ridiculous. Three, what, three, it, four much, years is is pretty average. I feel yeah. like for building a game, that's nothing. But mm-hmm. you know, at some point, there's gonna be people are gonna get restless or whatever. And I was just curious to see what it was like firsthand working on that because you know you have something like star citizen for example which is insane and they did their own kickstarter platform or whatever and they've reached like what 75 70, uh, some huge amounts of millions of dollars and that game still isn't out yet and that was mm-hmm. i think i backed that like four years five six years ago and they have <laughs> so much stuff on there but they still get more and more money all the time and mm-hmm. uh it's it, but they they have to constantly be updating and adding more stuff so that people know that, Hey, we're still alive and, uh, still kicking and doing stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely a big challenge, but, um, I think it's, it's cool that, you know, you, you went that direction and that, I mean, I see all the updates you guys have and there's some really cool updates in there showing like the art style and stuff like that. I mean, those are the kind of updates I want to see in a Kickstarter. Like you guys nailed it with, the type of the types of add-ons and all the cool stuff you can get, uh, like you know the the t-shirt swags and whatnot. But th- those are, I mean, you guys met a hell of a stretch goal with this. So I mean, that's got to count for a huge success. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was um it was great when we when we launched, and then you know you uh, then you got to go and make it. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> like keep going, keep going, yeah. keep going. Yeah, we got all this money. Now I got to make a game. Shit. <laughs> Honestly, too, I think I think a lot, a lot of kind of the uh, 
the struggles that were kind of in the beginning of the development are probably related to like just having like a a kind of game concept that is it's hard to find kind of analogs for right so it's like okay like uh, if i was making like you know just like a action you know platformer i could be like well this game did it this way or this game did it this way and then like i wouldn't have to like waste time like trying to like figure something out but like just because like this is like a pretty much totally new idea i mean like at least i have trouble thinking of anything offhand that like kind of comes close besides like one aspect of the game right right like so like i think that that is definitely like it it just it had its own kind of set of unique uh challenges that had to be figured out probably definitely Uh, definitely that's awesome. So, I mean, so the game is slated to hopefully at some point come out on PC later this year. Um, what has been the feedback you guys have gone so far? I mean, we met you at the Mix LA during E3. Um, you've been out there, you know, sending out Kickstarter updates and I'm sure doing some press stuff leading up to whenever you plan on launching it. How has the feedback been and how have you... Um, what do you what do you guys do to integrate that feedback into the game? Like, how do you respond to that information? Yeah, uh, feedback has been really good. Um, it, it's it's like definitely been helpful for us, and I think generally people seem to be enjoying themselves. It's always good. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, like we've we've done originally. What we were doing was a lot of like kind of in person play tests. So that means like you know we bring it to like a place and we have people over there, like you know over to play the game and we try to like keep quiet as much as possible like let them just like figure it out and we just kind of make take notes as they're doing it yeah um uh, and that was really helpful uh what we kind of gravitate now is just like so we can get it out to like as many people as possible basically is we've started doing um play tests with backers like by essentially like letting them into like private steam branches and stuff right um and then we have like a feedback form where they can like deliver s- stuff and, and that's been good too um we've been getting a lot of a lot of great feedback from that as well um, but that one's more just about like getting numbers of people to get their eyes on it and, like make sure that there's like we haven't missed anything basically. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. 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 It's one thing to show it to your friends and they're like your friends, you know, so they're like, right, right. <laughs> it's great. Either, either they'll still <laughs> yeah, like, it's great. Be like, oh, it's horrible. Or it's like, it's like, this is so late just for fun, you know, or, yeah, or yeah. they're like, oh, it's so good. It's like amazing. There's nothing wrong with it. So <laughs> I, getting complete strangers is good. The, the other crazy thing too is like once you've like started playing the game for so long is you'll start subconsciously doing things that will like hide the flaws of the game so it's like now like i like i wouldn't jump a certain way because otherwise like i you know i might uh it might like cause like the sprites to like look weird or something and you just you forget that you're doing that so i think like the advantage of doing something like play testing is like all of a sudden you're like oh that's right that was an issue i just have been like skipping it over like this entire time um yeah so like that's been super helpful for us um for sure yeah that's awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, um, as you mentioned, uh, we're expected to see this come out uh, end of 2017, roughly, is what we're looking at. Yeah, right yeah. Um, yes. Perfect. It'll definitely be out on PC Mac uh, later cool. this year. Um, very awesome. Well, we're, we're excited to check that out. I want to ask also next more on your department itself. How long has Guts been together? And where did the name Guts Department come from? Because I think that's really <laughs> interesting. yeah yeah so you know um we came up with the name back when we were still in school at usc um and we obviously we just wanted a name that sounded great but um the origin of the word guts uh had to do with us kind of taking this plunge into indie development 
development with really not not any professional experience, only experience on um, you know school projects and whatnot. So like semi going all in on on this idea that really you know we thought would be experimental and cool, but you know wasn't tested or anything. To, yeah, to be a success. So it's just it has to do with us like like feeling like we had to be pretty brave to go for it. And, and that just being like what we wanted to do from that point forward is just continue to make brave decisions and, and try new stuff. So that's where guts comes from. So it was originally studio guts. Um, oh, okay. but guts department just sounded cooler. Cause then it has this connotation of like <laughs> us actually going out and like maybe like fighting monsters or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. so when you first, uh, started, guts department how many of you were there at the start oh uh, there were three of us um and i'm actually the only original member so what? okay it's, it's changing wow yeah. and how many do you have now uh there are four of us um, okay. who uh work uh, every day on it together um that includes my my sister uh kristen co who uh, used to be a, a senior engineer at popcap games oh nice working on uh, PVZ series. Yes. Well, we actually have uh, five, including Lie, right, Bryce? Oh like, yeah, or- my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! By the way. Oh man, Bryce, backpedal brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, my uh, my wife Lie. Uh, she collaborated with me on the story, which you know, obviously, um, I mentioned uh, started before this project, but she she um, she has continued to help me on it. Um, I don't really think of her as a member too often though, because she's actually a full-time teacher. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's more like whenever she has time. Right. Right. Awesome. Very cool. Well, we have a few questions we want to ask you guys. It's something we've been starting to ask everybody. And this is just kind of get to know you as gamers and, um, game developers as well. But I want to ask both of you and you can have same answer, different answers, either one, just whoever wants to jump in first, but uh, what game have you guys played other than your own that, well, that yours isn't out yet, but it, what game have you guys played that didn't get the recognition it deserved? <laughs> Bryce, you go first. I'm gonna go first. <laughs> I know you do that. You know, well, recently, um, I have to say, uh, I've been playing the crap out of Puyo Puyo Tetris. Nice. <laughs> like every day. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, everybody I, loves that damn game. Or at least, <laughs> at least my circle of friends do. It's pretty cool. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I hadn't discovered it until uh, maybe a month ago. And as soon as I played it, I was like, I'm buying this. Um, I don't care. Uh, Cause you can't buy it digitally. You have to like actually go out and get a physical copy. Um, but it's pretty strange in this day and age. Like, right? Really? Yeah, it's because it's yeah. Tetris has a lawsuit against, uh, or just like a, <laughs> they had this lawsuit where they would no longer allow more than one Tetris game to be sold digitally on a console. So, so what did you guys yeah. buy it on? Yeah. Uh, I got it on PlayStation 4. Okay. So yeah. they do allow a digital download on the Switch, which was surprising to me after having heard you say that, which yeah, is like, I, I, I no didn't idea. realize that before. But yeah, I, I bought it digitally on, on the Switch, but... Oh, oh really? Yeah, I, I was with, trying to buy it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's strange. Kind of makes sense though, now that you think about it. Yeah. It does, yeah. Huh. Those Tetris people, man. <laughs> the Tetris game. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. But uh but yeah, no, that's that's a good game. 
So, um, Max, what about you? Um, uh, so I was I was gonna throw Far Cry Two out there because that's like one of my favorite games. But I actually uh, think a yeah. lot of kind Very of good game. game journos have like kind of it, people have come come uh, come back the other way on that game and kind of recognize like kind of what I what I really like about it. Right. Um, I I honestly don't mind jank in a game. So, but my actual answer here is gonna be I think probably a little contentious, but. Uh, I really like Caden Lynch 2 Dog Days. Uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know it's trash, but it's also amazing. Uh, no, it's super great. It's- Dude, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with yeah, that at I- all. <laughs> I, I just I think a lot of the thematic stuff they do in it is actually like pretty interesting and good and like not what you would expect. Um, it's just it's got some like the sloppiest like gunplay like ever, and it like totally works because you're playing like these two like whacked out like drug addled <laughs> psychopaths right, right. like yeah exactly and and I, I don't know i think a lot of the decisions it makes are really interesting so um i like i like dumb stuff like that <laughs> so that's a awesome. cool game and <laughs> Love that it's funny you mentioned that because that's i believe that's the one of the free games on the xbox uh if you're an xbox gold member yeah, that's one of the new so really that's, games, that's yeah. for this month in july yeah they have two dog days it's a good well i heavily recommend <laughs> awesome um so another question what is the first game that both of you played ever ever the first game oh wow very first video game or the game that got you into gaming (laughs) oh man um i'll tell you the first one i have a strong memory of um i might have played a game before that but uh off-road for the nintendo um do you guys remember that game hell yeah i remember off-road down racer (laughs) There's a uh, there's a photo of me when I'm like maybe three years old playing the game. I but I still remember the game myself. Like I have I have good memories of like the the ladies that were like the trophy ladies and the the, <laughs> the like the speed boosts and the the ramps and stuff. Like yeah, that was awesome. That's awesome, <laughs> love that. I love that damn game. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since I played that. <laughs> a little but bit. It's it's, it's cool. Bit. Cool. Uh, what else? Uh, let's see. Um, oh, you know what? Okay, we'll do educational games count. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> game, like, man. I think if I was being honest, my first game I ever played was probably like something like Freddy Fish or something. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's a, that's fucking adorable. <laughs> Freddy Fish. That is adorable. Love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but actually, the earliest like game that's not an educational game that I've ever said was a uh, 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 CS 1.6. Oh yeah! Uh, oh really? My uncle had it, and he's like, "Oh Max, like play this game." And I was like, "I didn't know what I was doing." And I think I like stood in somebody's way or something, and they started swearing at me like <laughs> the voice chat. I didn't know <laughs> oh, God, I thought it was hilarious. De oh, does man. man, that was that was the stuff right there. Man, that's awesome. Very cool. Um. Okay, so if you guys had one game to play for the rest of your life, Oof. nothing else, Oof. what would it be? Oh, man, that's relatively easy for me. <laughs> um, I'm a huge Monster Hunter fan. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Solid answer. Put, yeah, like thousands of hours into that series already, so I'm, I'm prepared for more. <laughs> you excited um, for Monster actually, Hunter Actually, I'm playing. Oh, yeah, I'm like, super excited for that. Yeah. Um, but I'm also playing the crap out of uh, Puzzles and Dragons right now because they have a Monster Hunter 
collaboration. Oh, right? nice. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I've heard of that one. I have not heard of that one. Puzzles and Dragons. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a mobile match three game, so it's like, oh. you know, more hardcore gamers might not look into that, but uh, they do crossovers with a lot of a lot of RPGs or anime-type games that I like. So. Oh, nice. Okay. Cool. Check that out. Max, what about you? Um... Honestly, like I feel like I want to pick like something like Tetris, like something that you could just oh. literally play forever, you know. Um, boya boya Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's so good. It's I want so to, good. I ask Bryce to, to let me give it a shot, but uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's so hard. <laughs> I struggle so much. I feel like people that play Puyo Puyo when I'm playing Tetris are just like kicking my butt. And oh, I play yeah. Puyo Puyo and I can't do anything. And it drives me nuts. But I like Puyo Puyo. I feel like it's simpler. But then as I get into it, I realize that those, I just, eventually my board just falls apart and I'm dead really fast. It's all but about the chains. All yeah, about it's all, the chains. It, the, yeah, the chains just, I had somebody that was playing that the first time they jumped into it, they, they never played Puyo Puyo before and they, destroyed everyone in the four player co-op <laughs> we were doing it was or the four player versus and i was like i've been playing this game for two weeks and i still <laughs> can't do that <laughs> it was it was um, crazy you know one of the funny things that the ai will do in that game like the, the super hard ai is they'll just fill up their board with puyo puyo pieces they'll just like straight up just like doesn't matter where they just keep throwing them <laughs> down as fast as possible okay and you're like what the heck that's a strategy and then it is it is a strategy wow. <laughs> i had no idea i'm over here to like trying to yeah. navigate you know strategically just not nah. right right yeah no no nah. and then you die just... <laughs> awesome so uh this is a more more serious question but i think it's interesting especially from all that you guys have experienced so far with this game what advice would you give to would-be developers that are trying to find their way into game development of any kind? Mm. Man, there's a lot of lot of stuff you could say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, from personal experience, I would say that if you're going to work on your first project, the very first game that you work on, you should have it be um, as little scope as you think possible to, to do something interesting. Um, because it's really, really easy to get carried away with that. Um, and, and I guess to be more specific, um, your core game loop, um, if you can try to make that be a self-contained, you know, few minute long experience, that'll, that'll help you because you'll be able to just keep iterating, iterating on that and focus on that to make it good and fun before having to worry about scope really um it's just one of those things where for our game it's kind of got all these multiple components um and they're they're not all connected 100 percent. so there's there's way more to figure out rather than you know let's say um something that like you're really just doing the same thing the entire time you play uh i would definitely do that with my next game even just just to have that focus that's an interesting point of yeah. view yeah nice awesome. yeah um yeah to, to reiterate almost like what price is saying i think basically if you can get your game more like systemically focused versus like content driven kind of as a first game i think that that's kind of the until you're really equipped to handle like something content driven like I think that this time, like indie dev, yeah, um, just figure out, yeah, like a core game loop that works like 
a hundred percent and you can just keep doing that for forever and it's totally fun and like that's <laughs> you know and that's actually although it sounds kind of scary like it's not the hardest thing in the world to do like you know it, it's just a matter of making sure your design decisions all kind of feed into each other right um yeah uh, that's yeah nice. that's that's kind of where i'm gonna go with too perfect work with what you love kind awesome. of thing i like it mm-hmm. well one more question and then we'll close out the uh, interview here. What is something, this is always an interesting question because we get some really far out there answers, but <laughs> what is something you're good at that you aren't known for? So you guys work on games. What is something else that you do that you aren't necessarily recognized for? Let's start with Max this time. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> oh man, something I do that I'm not recognized for. Uh... This is tough. I don't, I don't honestly, like a lot of my time is spent like working on games now. So like, a lot of my hobbies have kind of like, <laughs> <Games>. <laughs> to be totally honest. I'm really um, good at making games. Yeah. That would be very egotistical. Um, Maybe you sing in the shower see. or something. Uh, <laughs> wow. Where'd that one come from, Austin? <laughs> no way. Are you good at singing in the shower? <laughs> Uh, he's like uh, let's not uh, this interview wasn't about him (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to buy some (laughs) I think I'm good Uh, yeah (laughs) whatever can we get a sample Oh, please don't. Uh, oh, please don't. Uh, do not do that to us. Catch some of our past we were, podcasts. We, this, this friendship was going so well. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I like to, honestly, I just, I like to kind of try out stuff all the time. So I'm kind of like jumping from one thing to the other. Um, uh, I like trying new things. I don't really, that's not a skill though. I don't no, know. Fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what, was some, what was some of your hobbies before you got into this? Well, um, I, I, I liked like kind of like work, like doing music. Basically. I used to like play bass and stuff. Oh, um, nice. Oh, that's well, cool. Well, there man. you go. Nice. Yeah. But I, I wasn't like good at it though. Like, I, just, <laughs> I stood around the band. That's um, cool. Yeah. Uh, talent is see. relative. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, I I like working on movies and stuff sometimes too. So uh, oh, awesome. I wouldn't say I'm particularly great at that either, but like it's kind of just like something I help my friends out with. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, that's cool. Yeah, I'll, I, I don't know. That's <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good. That's freaking great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so so Bryce, same, same question, except I'll rephrase it to be: What is something that you like to do or enjoy doing that you aren't necessarily known for? Uh, well, that one, it's actually kind of easy for me because okay. like, I know what my, my secondary hobby is and that's food. Nice. <laughs> oh, you're speaking right. my language. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, because, uh, my, my wife lies like super busy with being a full-time teacher. Um, I do all the cooking now, so I've gotten pretty good at cooking. I have to say, that's you gotta, so I, I just like cooking. It's actually super relaxing after a long day of just sitting down and working on, on the game too. Yeah. So that's so I funny. just, I like making food and I like eating it. So Bryce, what's your favorite hand? thing? Do you have what's a your favorite thing to make? Yeah. Oh, my favorite yeah, thing God, to make. took it from me. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> actually, you know, I really like doing, um, like stews. Um, so like if you get like just straight up the, the bones or whatever from like a, you know, a grocery store or whatever, like, uh, stewing bones, bones for a long time, making a broth out of that. 
Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's like so easy, but it's it tastes amazing. And then you know, just going from there and making it into like a, a stew or whatever. With you know, it's lunchtime adding. here right now, so yeah, uh, no, I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> quite hungry. This sounds <laughs> delicious. Super yeah. good. We'll be over for dinner. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna fly right out. We'll be right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, cooking any 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 meat is a, is usually pretty fun because it'll taste so good. But uh, yeah, yeah, I like stews. Awesome. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, where can we find uh, both you and both of you online, and also Aegis Defenders? Where can we check you guys out on the internet? Um, well, Aegis Defenders, uh, you can find it. Uh, we have a website, uh, which is www.aegis. What is that? Aegis the game. Oh, AegisDefenders.com. Um, and then our Twitter handle is at uh, Aegis Defenders. So that's pretty easy to remember. <laughs> um, uh, Bryce, do you have like an actual personal Twitter account or is that? Um, no, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people just prefer uh, right. to have their games on online rather than themselves. Like just promote. Yeah. The let's game. the game do the talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the one and the same at this point. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Um, yeah. yeah. You can find my uh, personal Twitter account at uh, PAX, uh, which is P-A-X underscore uh, Malazzo. So I just switched, swapped around the first name, uh, first letters of my first and last name, but um, Malazzo is spelled M A L A Z Z O. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> awesome, cool, awesome. And we'll have these links in the show notes as well. So if you guys are Most certainly tuning into us via it's in the, the podcast below. notes, you can check that it's out down there. All the notes, yeah, check or, it out or on YouTube. There. Yeah, YouTube. that's what I mean. That's what I was pointing at yeah, YouTube yeah, down there. <laughs> he said podcast, so I just wanna... oh oh yeah, we 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 covered both of them. We're good. Yeah. Um, awesome. <laughs> We're guys. really good well, at this. <laughs> Bryce and Max, thank you guys again for coming on the show. It's been awesome talking with you. We will definitely be excited to buy the game when it comes out at the end of the year, and look forward to seeing what else you guys come up with down the line. Straight up, awesome. awesome. It was great talking with you guys. Perfect, Max, Bryce. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. That wraps up our discussion this week. Thanks again to the Guts Department for tuning in to talk about their next game. If there's a topic you want to hear us talk about or a group that you would like to hear us talk with, please go to theinnergamer.net and let us know via the contact button or you can email us at hello at theinnergamer.net. That wraps up our show. Guys, what are we going to play next week? Battlegrounds! <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Probably Splatoon. Oh, that's cool. Or something you said like that, that with gusto. Yeah. <laughs> gusto. Ah, get a guts what? department. And stuff. Oh, anyway. You have done that three times that's this entire episode. That is a huge And I've stretch. hated you more with each one. Hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Uh, awesome. Louise, what are you going to play next week? Have you, have any dude, more Polybridge, dude. Oh, yeah. You've been playing a lot of that, man. I'm kicking kicking ass in it. Hell I built yeah. a suspension bridge like the other day. Like a legit San Francisco wow. Golden Gate Bridge style suspension bridge. It was amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. I'll probably end up uh, finishing Horizon here today and... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm still kind of like looking at my backlog. I might try Pony Island or dive into uh, Axiom Verge. Pony Island. What is that? 
That's it's, new. Uh, some, I think it's an RPG. I just got it because I, it was recommended to me by my little brother. Cool. But apparently it's really, really good. It's uh, overwhelmingly positive on uh, Steam. Nice. Wow. I got no, so many good. games I'm playing. Like, I want to beat Metro. Yeah. I Like, I finally hit a stride in that game that I'm actually liking it. At first, I didn't, but now I'm, uh, oh, nice. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Good, good. It's a good game. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, go ahead. I've... I found out that Good Old Games has um, a Lucas Arts pack. Oh yeah! So I'm gonna be playing some old style point and click adventure games. Like that's happening. Oh okay, awesome. Monkey Island and uh, Day of the Tentacle, that kind of stuff. Monkey Island, Day of the Tentacle, Sam and Max hit the road, and uh, uh, Indiana Jones and the and the uh, Mystery of Atlantis or something like that. That's so the fate, old. The fate of Atlantis. If I didn't know any Devin's better. also going to be playing Don't Starve with me. That too, yes. They're going to be playing Don't Starve. Don't Starve together. We're going to survive for weeks. Whole weeks. Whole it's, dude, it's so weeks. difficult. Yeah. And I just hate that you lose all your progress, but there's something about that that makes me kind of excited. That's awesome. If I didn't I'm know nervous. any better, I'm I scared. think you guys would be liking your PCs right about now. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah. cool. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I said last week and try and play Prey or Infinite Warfare that I bought a long time ago and haven't played yet. So I'm gonna do that. Damn, it's gonna be awesome. So that is it. it. I know. I'll believe when I see it too. Well, guys, that concludes everything for this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more gaming goodness, where we'll probably talk. Oh, I'm gonna play Splatoon too. Oh yeah, we got new games coming out. We got to play them. Got to play them. If there is oh wait hang on you can visit us at theintergamer.net make sure you go there it's really cool there's a lot of good stuff for our latest podcasts blogs videos and social channels if you like what you hear please leave us a review on itunes or tell a friend we also have a patreon which is a way for you our listeners to donate to our cause in order to bring you all the great content you want to see and hear plus if you do support us we have some awesome rewards waiting for you such as being a guest on the podcast getting exclusive content or even joining us for a D&D session so please head over to theinnergamer.net and click donate to contribute that's gonna wrap us up my name is Devin Dury I'm Austin Morales I'm Brayton Oski and I'm Luis Gonzalez and you've been listening to The The Intergamer The Intergamer The Intergamer The Intergamer I'm <laughs> sorry.